Yes, Jesus. In my secret place, where I seek your face, Lord, that's where you find me. In my darkest hour, I cry even louder. Lord, I give you all the glory. Cause you move my mountain and pour my water and carry me home. In the middle of the storm and you hold me closely. As I come boldly before your throne, Jesus, you're my reward. Welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie. Brother Bob's back. What's happening? Carl's back. What up? Coffee Mike's back. Hello. Silent Ron's back. Somehow I'm always last, but hello. <laughs> <laughs> he says the best for last. There you go. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll go with that. Our Bible verse this week is Psalms 16.1. Carl, would you like to read that for us? Sure. I'm reading from the NASB version, and it says, Preserve me, O God, for I take refuge in you. So, this topic this week was actually inspired by Chris, who's on the Digging Deeper podcast with Carl. And it is pretty much, I couldn't come up with like one or two words to describe it, right? So this is how I send it out in the text to you guys, whether you got it or not. I got it, but I don't remember it. (laughs) How do you, how to react when non-believers or believers come back with, that's not very Christian of you. Mm. Right? And judging. That happens a lot. Like, that's. It's almost like they're ace in the hole. Mm-hmm. Right? And. I've had probably, it to me here just recently. I it, think me and you talked about it. Yeah. So, like, four years ago, Ronnie's response would have been different than. Ronnie's response now. Probably would have right? been very nice. No, it would have been nice because Mine I, 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 was, <laughs> I was starting that walk, right? Mm-hmm. Now I've been in the walk for a little bit, so I kind of learned from other things. But like I said, I think that's like a trump card for them to just, and it doesn't even have to be non-believers. It could be fellow Christians too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife brought it up the other night when I brought it up. She's like, you know, you know, you just got to let them say it because you're going to make mistakes. Even if you're a Christian and you're on that walk, it's going to happen, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just going to use that as a cop-out way to kind of say, well, that wasn't very Christian-like of you. Well, then you end up looking at it like, yeah, you're you're right. You know, thanks for pointing that out. But yet, at the same token, you are human. It's it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know. If, and, and the easy thing to do is to pick out the bad things. Right. No matter what it is, right? Like, I know somebody who doesn't go to a restaurant because the two times that they went there, they had a bad experience there. Not with the food, but with the waitresses or the serving staff, Right. So then, in their mind, like, that's what they think about. They don't think that the food was great, or the decor was great, or whatever, the price. Whatever the case may be, it was the rudeness, the bad thing. Mm-hmm. And it may have not even been that rude. It just may have just struck them the wrong way at the wrong time. Yeah. And they just judge it all off of that one experience. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm. With that being said, I've done that, and I probably shouldn't say this, but with my first girlfriend, you know, it's kind of the same, kind of not. But we're gonna go down that road with you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going. Buckle up, guys. Yeah, we're going. It's but anyway, 
she ended up leaving me, you know, and it was a bad deal. And at one point in time, this was before I became a Christian, I was judging all women from how yeah. she treated me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, it came to my my eyes and stuff that that ain't right. Well, I left it alone. I was like, no, I can't judge all by one. So I got with the next girlfriend. We ended up getting married. Well, she did the same thing the first one did. Well, there I am again. Then I was wanting to judge all bad again, you know. Mm -hmm. And you just can't do it. Or you shouldn't do it. You can do it easily. Mm Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, can do and should do are two very different things, right. usually, right? So, but yeah, it's a it's a bad deal all the yeah. way around. And like, uh, there are episodes in the archive, so you can go back. I think it was episode five. Uh, it was, I think, three. The called and the chosen is when we brought it up yeah. in the top. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So episode three. Sorry, I jumped ahead. I guess. Uh, we don't have five. They would figure that. That's <laughs> that was wrong real quick. But like, I think Chris's example it got said to him but then he thought about it when he was pulling out of the parking spot like this person goes then this person should go then this person goes and that person should go mm-hmm. right so then he started actually diving deeper yeah and thinking about it like does that matter yeah like and I will say too, his perspective on it, just to just to clarify, because uh, you know, righteous rebuke has its place. When you when you do something wrong, there is a place for for being told, "Look, man, that wasn't good." You know, you should you should correct that in a loving way. There's a right and a wrong way to handle that. His perspective on it, I think. Well, I don't think I know. His perspective was when they apply when they apply standards to you that aren't even biblical. Right. Like when they take external standards and say this is what it looks like to be a Christian, it doesn't matter that this isn't necessarily biblical. But if you don't comply with this externally extra biblical standard you're not a real christian and that was that was kind of his perspective how do we respond to that right and 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 i think in today's day and age that line has been blurred Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right so bad that we even doubt ourselves no yeah sometimes we as in christians i'm not talking about we as in us around the table because i know we around the table doubt ourselves but just anybody in general like should i have handled that situation different should i have i don't know or you know you should have handled it different yeah (laughs) you know yeah because that's where it gets me all the time man i handled that way wrong so i gotta go back and try to make it right or the best way i can anyway Mm -hmm. as long as the person that i'm going back to will allow it to be you know because i may have done scarred them Right. Just like that person with the restaurant. You know, yeah. The waiters right. done scarred them, so it doesn't matter if they were to go back. Their outlook of that whole situation is the first situation that they were at. Right. And I'm going to pull Bob, and I'm going to answer this right at the beginning of the episode. So, like, there's a no-win situation here, really. Right? Because if you rebuke them, they're not in a mindset that really... They're going to hear you anyway, mm-hmm. right? So then you're going to come off even harsher to them, even if it was calm, cool, and collected. I guess it could clear your conscience, I guess, really, to do so. But then it's almost like a situation that we've had at church recently, like where it's just trying to press your buttons to get you to engage yeah. mm-hmm. and said. So then that way you prove their point for them. Yeah, you have to be attentive to what I'm sorry. What no, you go mean? ahead. You have to be attentive to what the spirit's leading you to do. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the spirit's going to know better than you if that person's in a place to even hear mm-hmm. the the rebuke or not, or or if they they want to repent of it anyway. Right. Right. You know, because and there's a difference between somebody who's making making little mistakes and they're in the process of transformation, mm-hmm. and somebody who's headlong toward a cliff. You know, you would you would yell to stop somebody that's that's racing over a cliff, but at the same time, if the spirit's telling you this person is intent on going over the cliff and they're going to pull you over with them, mm-hmm. listen to that too. And right. Stay away. You, you really have to be attentive to the spirit's leading, right. which is why you need you need that relationship and to be prayed up and to to constantly be 
in the word and in communication with him so you have an ear to hear what he's telling you to do. Right. It's like the difference between grabbing a kid on a bicycle that's getting ready to go off a cliff Mm -hmm. than trying to grab the bumper of a a Penske truck, a moving truck, right? Like, yeah. Driven by a lunatic that wants to right. kill himself and as yeah. many people as possible. Right. Yeah. You wouldn't try to stop that truck with your bare hands. Right. Yeah. But most of the time, when people are saying you're not Christ-like, you gotta you got to understand where they're at, too, because they're looking at you through unbelieving eyes. Mm-hmm. And with the unbelieving eyes, most of the time, they're unbelieving because they're choosing not to be believing. And they're looking for reasons and ways to not get convicted and not have to come to the understanding that they're doing wrong by doing what they're doing. The thing is, is, you know, when somebody tells me that I'm not Christ-like, I look at them like, I'm broken. What else can I say? I'm going to mess up. I'm human. I mean, it is what it is, you know. Uh... I tell them that's why I live by grace and mercy because God knows I'm going to fail. Mm-hmm. You know, and He knows that I was going to fail at that moment because He's already factored in the choice that I already made at that point because He's all knowing. Mm-hmm. He knows when we're going to mess up, He knows when we're going to fail, He knows when we're going to do right, He knows everything about us before we even do it. And the only reason he does not intervene most of the time is because we need to make that choice to be redef- to be refined to be able to continue our walk. Mm-hmm. You know, so when somebody when somebody tells me I'm not Christ-like, honestly, I look at it as one way of God telling me that he's refining me because they're actually challenging me to do better in what I'm doing. Because apparently if they're telling me I'm not being Christ-like, well, I'm probably not being Christ-like. Right. You know, even, you know, even though they're looking at me with unbelieving eyes and they're looking for ways to not engage with Christ, I still look at that as God telling me that I need to re- redirect myself and look at what I'm actually doing. To make sure that I am on the right path. Mm-hmm. And with that, at the same time with that, I also see it like the other way. <clears throat> I can see somebody coming up to somebody and saying, hey, you're not acting like you say you are Christ-like. And it could look like they're get, you know, bashing you. But at the same token, they may be looking at that like, I need you to look Christian-like because... That's where I'm wanting to go, so to say. Mm-hmm. You know, does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So, so it's a different. You know, they could be looking for. You know, example. If, yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at you for guidance, and that wasn't Christian-like, because they may actually like kind of look up to where you're at, and they want to be where you're at, and and they're trying to follow your lead, and if they feel like you're not being that leader that they're looking for. You know, maybe it's just a way to maybe help get, supposedly get you back on track so it can help them get right behind you. Right. But if, if that makes sense. That's the part of accountability part. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but when it's handled same, correctly. In the same token, we can't put people on pedestals. Right. You can't not mm-hmm. put a human on a pedestal. Right. They're going to let you down. Right. right. I don't care who they are. They're going to let you down. They're just looking for that guidance, and you know. Right. And if you do something that's not godly, or they think that's Christian-like, they're like, "Well, crap, am I actually trying to emulate somebody that's somebody? Yeah. yeah, you know, are they in the same boat I am? Which a lot of us, you know, even though we're Christians, like you say, we're broken, we're gonna mess up, but they're looking for that spiritual guide to get them where possibly get them where you are at. Right, you know, at, you know, and, and that's where the the breaking the tradition of transparency comes in, also, mm-hmm. right? Like, you guys know I'm a hot mess. Like that's no, you might be a mess, but you ain't hot. Well, <laughs> <laughs> all right, correct. Yeah. Hey, that's my line. Yeah. No, but but you know what I'm saying, like, 
if I wasn't transparent, then I would expect or hope that you guys would come to me and say, look, you're doing this thing, you're doing that thing, you're doing this thing, and you're coming off wrong. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That, yeah, I mean, because we got to be accountable for each other. Mm-hmm. Because we know we're going to fail. We know we're going to mess up. And we know sometimes that we're going to, well, we know that Satan's going to bend that curve just enough to get us off the rails. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, when I first got back into church and all that, well, I'd been I'd walking been with. Walking with. Oh, I've been, I was searching. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we all and are. I think that's, every, that's yeah, I think everybody to a point is searching, but they just they're so so called broken, or they're broken so bad that they don't think that they can get out of that. And then when they see like their friends that say that, well, we're Christians, we're this, we do this, we do this, and how they act, and then they see them do something wrong. They're not supposed to be broken in their eyes, mm-hmm. but they are. We're all broken, like you all said. So, you know, it's like they're wanting to look up to them for that guidance, you know. Well, in connecting all this together, I think this is where this false accusation of hypocrisy comes from. Yeah. People have a, a misguided idea of what hypocrisy is. Hypocrisy is not making a mistake. Hy- hy- hypocrisy is different than that. It's, 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 it's intentionally being fake. And we could divert a lot of that if we were more transparent and we would avoid elevating our mentors to the point of deity. We turn mentors into idols. We really yeah. do. If we, if we maintain the understanding that mentors are just imperfect vessels put in place to point you to the one, then we would be a lot better off. But yeah. we tend to elevate people, like you said, Bob. And again, it's, it's, it, it, it flirts very closely with idolatry. Very close, yeah. The only, I mean, for real, the only one we need to idolize is God. Right. Is Jesus, because he's the one, he's the one done it all for us. He's the one, he was our whipping boy. He went to the cross for our sins. He died on the cross for our sins. Point blank, he defeated death, period. I mean, you know. Yeah. He's the man. He's the one we need to idolize. He's the one that needs to be on the pedestal. For one thing, we put him on that pedestal. He's not going to let us down. No. At all. And that's what I think. Essentially, maybe, that was the catalyst of this podcast anyways. Right? Like, why? Why do it? Well, you're saying that you feel this way, but you're not being Christian-like. So how do I deal with that? Mm -hmm. Right? And everybody's human. Everybody's imperfect. So how are we supposed to deal with things the right way? Not our way. His way. And I'm going to go back. I'm going to share this again, but... Um, it's our verse of the episode. It's Psalm 16, 1. And it's preserved me, O Lord, for I take refuge in you. I said, oh, that's, and then we go on to two. But Mike, coffee Mike, because the other Mike's a sinner and he's not here. <laughs> we still love you. Ouch. Guess what? Point proven. We're all broken. <laughs> it's like, ouch. But you sent out the snippet of the definition for refuge right which it's a latin word which i'm not gonna try to say that because carl probably can i know the hebrew oh saying hebrew the the hebrew there for refuge is kasa okay and what's what's interesting about that is it yeah it does mean take refuge but the figurative that's sort of the figurative definition literally it means to have hope in or to put trust in yeah and you guys will get this most people listening won't but when you look it up it's directly linked to and compared to a hebrew word batak does that sound familiar Mm mm-hmm yeah 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 and so the latin word is refugium refugium i don't know yeah Right? Which is, like you said, sanctuary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, just because... Place of healing and protection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And where's the best place to have that? Right in God's arms. So, let's substitute it with that, right? So, it's preserve me, O God, for I take sanctuary 
in you. Let me put it put it another way, even. Preserve me, O God, for I trust in yeah, you. There you go. Yeah. You know, I think that's what it really comes down to, putting your trust only in him. Because that's really, at a, at a fundamental level, you know, stripping all the figurative and poetic language from it, it's just trusting him. It's really what it is. It's, it's trusting him. And part of that, the secondary issue, you know, for our topic is, you know, being accused of not being Christ-like. I think part of the problem is, is we, we all have our own faulty definitions of what it looks like to be like Christ. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's because we're not very well versed in our Bible. We don't really study him in his own words. We, we study other people's opinions of what he said without really studying the full biblical text. So we have a, 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 we have a, a faulty... notes version. Yes. So it leads to a faulty definition of what it really looks like to be Christ-like. And sometimes, realistically, you know, you're going to be accused of that from other believers. A lot of times, being set apart is, is, going, to, is going to mean being set apart in your own churches. If, if, if you're seeking to be truly Christ-like from a biblical perspective, you're probably going to look different than even most of the people you worship with. Mm-hmm. And those people with their own faulty definitions are going to accuse you of not being Christ-like because their attitude about Christ is all love all the time, which he is all love all the time. But it's like, it's like we have this idea that his love is the antithesis of his justice right. and his goodness and his, his righteousness. Just, does that make sense? Yeah. So if we if we stand apart from the things that he calls sin, oh, you're just being judgmental. No, I'm just trying to be different. I'm trying to be holy like like he tells us to be. Right. And and that's going to often lead to accusations when their conviction wells up within them and they don't handle the conviction well. So the conviction turns into an, an ugly accusation. Mm-hmm. I think you're right, Carl. I think it also happens when <clears throat> Christians run, run headlong into... <clears throat> What the world thinks is okay, when it's not, it's not biblically correct, and, and you shouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to stand apart when they look at you in that filter of life. Right. You know, one. You know, some people were. You know, Christmas isn't actually the 25th. Well, we know that. It was probably sometime in what October, somewhere along in there. He was probably born during Sukkot, realistically. Yeah. But yeah. But you know, for the world's sake. Most people think that's the day Jesus was born on. Mm-hmm. Okay, but if you come out with that, and someone says, "Well, how can that be?" You know, it's because we were all taught something from a very young age forward. We believed in somebody that was teaching us something. So therefore, it's a, it's, it's a grounded belief that's not grounded biblically. And right back to your point about knowing your Bible. You know, I have a serious memory issue caused by a medical condition. And I work very hard to try and retain what I can. And uh, it's hard when you don't know, because then, just like you said, someone says, well, you're not acting like very Christ-like. You're like, sometimes for me, I'm like, how do I combat that? Then I have to remember, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You know, Jesus died for me and cleansed me of my sins. I'll straighten out the problem I made and go forward. But don't condemn me based upon your worldview and your world compass of more, what's moral and what's not moral. That's kind of where I stand with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm like Bob. I'm starting to get like Bob. It is what it is. If you don't like it, well, I'm sorry. Well, the thing is, is you know, um, we know where our hearts are. Right. That guy standing over being like, "Oh, you're not Christ. You're not being very Christ-like." Has no idea what we even feel. Mm-hmm. They have no idea. They, they have not walked one day in our shoes. So, I mean, you know, until you walk a day in our shoes, then you can tell me that I'm not Christ-like. Right. Well, that's if like that walk- situation we had at church. We had a guy, you know, he was, he was searching. And one of our church people said something. You know, you don't know what that guy's going through. Obviously, it's something bad because he's here. Right. And and he needed to be there and he needed he was looking and he was searching and he was wanting. So l- l- let him get his love from Jesus that he needs instead of thinking, well, I'm not getting what I need out of this because this person over here you you have him. You can go to him. You know, let this guy's here. He needs it. If anything, go to him also. And help, you know, lead him to the Lord instead of saying, hey, look, 
this, 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 and this. And then they're like, well, that wasn't very Christian-like. And they leave. Mm-hmm. You know? Biggest and it's hard to watch. Biggest deterrent to some people becoming Christians are other Christians. And that was a prime example of it. Mm-hmm. We're so called... There, oh, go ahead, Ronnie. There, there's two things, like, with that, right? Like, a lot of us think that he's ours. Like, ours personally. Right? Mm-hmm. And we forget to share. Right. Yeah. Like three year olds in a playpen. Yeah. Right? Like this is mine. Mine. Yeah. Mine. Right? And it's ours. Yeah. Well, to me it looked different. It looked like, you know, you know what? You're interrupting my time because you're not like me with God, but instead of letting that guy get to where he needs to be with God. It was almost. It hit me as a selfish thing. No, I understand. And, and, uh, and, and but, and my second point, right? Sorry. No, <laughs> uh, no, I'm just saying. And my second point is, I do that too. Still, mm-hmm. it might not have been that person that day. It could have been this past week at church, when somebody was tapping their foot, or a baby was crying in the balcony, or somebody was talking or whispering right like that's not like yours we know because it was on a bigger quote unquote stage right Mm -hmm. like but like if you break it down like it's like if anybody is interrupting my time with him then it's not right Mm -hmm. yeah and that's and that's our selfish nature selfishness yeah that's what I was going to say which the point three go back to point one Right? He's not ours. He's everybody's. Yeah. So. We were called, you know, ancient Israel was called to be a light to the nations. What that meant was, you know, it it didn't mean that God didn't care about the pagan Gentiles around. The whole point was for them to be a beacon for the world, like a lighthouse, Mm -hmm. to show the pagans around them a better way, to make them want that. How How did Israel fail in that task? By turning to the same idolatry, the Gentile nations they were supposed to be a light to right. was they they compromised with them. Instead of being a light and being set apart to draw Gentiles into covenant with the Most High, they started becoming more like the Gentiles around them. And I think that's where we're failing too. Right. They Honestly, weren't, they weren't striving to be different. Exactly. They were just striving to get along. Exactly right. We we instead of seeking to, to, to understand what it really means to be Christ like, instead of throwing these barbs at each other and really understanding what it means to be Christ like, to to put Christ on means to be a light to the nations. You're a light to those around you. It means you're gonna stand out, even like I said, to other believers mm-hmm. because you're a light to them. And the more we start compromising, the more that light dims. Yep. Mm-hmm. The more that light dims, yeah, you're more well liked. You might be more popular. It may feel like you're drawing more people in, but really, what are you drawing them into? You're not drawing them to the light. You're drawing them to the same compromise that you've right. engaged in. And it, all based upon somebody else's faulty definition of what it looks like to be Christ-like. We've just got to re- reject that. I think the best way to respond, probably, is to ask them, what, what does it mean to be Christ-like to you? And can you back it up biblically? Yeah. What does it really look like to you to be Christ-like, and how do you define that biblically? And if you can't define that biblically, Maybe you're wrong. Maybe what you're defining as Christ-like is more worldly. People don't want to hear that, right? No, they don't, well, but they need to. Well, also, you, you don't respond like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm not saying you, Carl. Yeah, no, I Because I, I know I don't if I say that, right? Like, come on, Britt. I'll stop right there. I'm so sorry. No, you're good. Don't be sorry. You want to join the podcast? Well, I mean, you are... You are yeah. sorry, but you know. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have a midterm, so they dropped me off early. <laughs> but that's that's where we fail too, is our reaction. Mm-hmm. Because, yes. Because it's a lot of action that forms reaction, mm-hmm. and the reaction part isn't Christ-like. Also, with maybe the the thing we just got called out on doing. Whether it's 50% true, 100% true, a quarter true, just like Bob was saying. If I'm getting called out on it, part of it's true. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if it's a quarter, a half, three quarters, like, still not. But I can say that now, 
right here at this table, but in the heat of the moment, that's not how the reaction would be. Yeah. Reminds me of a story I'll tell you real quick. I was a young man, I'd just been baptized, and we were home in the evening, and uh, one of the kids was doing something, I don't remember what it was, I think it was my son, and uh, I kind of got on him. Now this is a child, mind you, he was three years old, four maybe. It's dead, you need to get rebaptized. <laughs> Said it just like that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, out of the mouth of babes. You mm-hmm. know? And he was right. I mean, I wasn't behaving properly. I was frustrated, upset, you know, and he just set me off. And, you know, I think about that all the time. He's 30, almost 30 years old now, and I still think about it. Yeah. Line of fire. He was in the line of fire. Bob, what are you pondering on? Oh, I'm just good? pondering. Yeah, I'm just thinking. You got any more, Carl? I don't think so. Silent Rob? No. I, no, I don't think so either. <laughs> it's just... No, I'm good. Last thing I before we go into the... Pull the needle off the record part of it. It's just that while we're striving to be different in his way... That also means being different in our reactions, also. Not just striving to be like him, but that means to be different in all aspects of whatever that was. Yeah. But that's what he calls us to do. He calls us to be different. Mm -hmm. Because if there's no difference in us as being a part of his family or a part of him, what good is it doing these other people over here? Right. It's not. It's not doing. It's. It's not doing any good at all. As a matter of fact, we're not glorifying God by. Right. By it, not being different. It's a bad living testimony. Exactly. And if it changes you inside, then you're different, right? So that should reflect on the outside. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it should be different than how you were. Yeah. Like the about face. Yes. Right? The repentance of Mm -hmm. it. But we're human and dumb and ignorant. Right. And sometimes that 180 becomes 175. Mm -hmm. 172 and a quarter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's just us. Because we're still made of flesh. But we still need to try to correct it. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing is, is, you know, like I said, we're broken... And we're going to fail. We're going to fall short. Because he tells us we all fall short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Period. You know, that's why we live by grace and mercy. But, you know, as long as as long as we're striving to be like him, and I'm saying this, striving to be like him, because mm-hmm. we'll, never, we'll never be perfect like him until he picks us up from this earth and takes us home. Right. Then we'll be perfect. We'll always be striving, we'll but always, not thriving. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. We gotta strive toward him, you know. So which means we just gotta focus on him, you know. The the main thing is is you gotta have a personal relationship with him. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a personal relationship, you ain't got nothing. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Mm-hmm. A lot of lip service that you're just fooling yourself. And that and that's what a lot of Christians do. They they get into a routine and when they get in that routine, they just kind of put themselves on cruise control and they lay dormant in that one spot forever. Unless something shakes them up. Mm-hmm. If you're not getting shook up by God every once in a while, you better, you better look and ask him to shake you up because <laughs> you're not doing something right. Mm-hmm. Seriously, I mean, no, yeah. if, you're not, if you're not learning each and every day, and you're not knowing that you're messing up each and every day, you better hit your knees and ask God to help you figure out what needs to happen, mm-hmm. how you can change it. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, life ain't all peaches and cream. There's got to be rough spots, and there's going to be rough patches. Peaches have fuzz on it. Absolutely. Peaches have fuzz on it. It's going to get stuck between your teeth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but, you know, 
the thing is, we just got to strive to be like him. We're not going to be perfect at it. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be perfect. I fail every day. I've been saved since I was 32 years old, and I'm 56 now. So, I'm, like, like Ronnie said, I am hot, folks, and I am a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's go in, into our final thoughts. I'll go. Okay. All right. My thing is, is, you know, when somebody, when somebody comes up to you and tells you that that's not very Christian-like, just step back, think about what they've said, think about how you've re- how you how your life is going in you know in your walk that day, and then go to chapter four of Philippians. Verse 8, and check this out. It says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. And that's how we have a relationship with God. Coffee Mike, would you like to go? I agree with Bob tonight. <laughs> I know we get one of those and I took it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Silent Ron, not last. Not before or after Carl, so I'm asking you. Well, no, Carl can go ahead. Okay. I mentioned the word hypocrite earlier. Mm-hmm. And in the Greek, that's uh, hypocrites. And Say that again? Hypocrites. A taste? Hypocrites. And it's it's actually an actor's term. It's actually a reference in the biblical Greek, well, in just Greek in general, but the biblical word used is a reference to someone who goes on a, on a stage to put on a mask and pretend to be somebody they're not underneath. It's intentional. It's not accidental. It's not making a mistake. It's intentionally pretending to be somebody you're not. You know, we're all familiar with, like, like movies based on true stories. And we're probably also well familiar with the fact that they often get it wrong. What they show in movies is often they can say it's based on a true story, but typically it's very off base. A very good example of this is the movie 300. Mm-hmm. It's based on historical events, mm-hmm. but the way they portray Xerxes in that movie, twisted. Twisted. They make him look like a, a demonic monster. Can I nerd out for a second? Yeah. Because... That movie's actually based on a comic book. Yeah, yes, the, which, the, which which is based on a historical way. Yeah. I apologize. Yes, it's yeah, okay. it's a Frank Sorry. Miller comic. Yeah. Okay, now that we got that in line. Yes, but it's based on on true events. Right. But they twist things and they portray King Xerxes, who was an actual Persian king, as like I said, this demonic monster, and and presented as if it's fact, right? Mm-hmm. And it's really flipped. Like, they make it look like in the movie, like the, the, the Spartans were the freedom fighters and the Persians were these monstrous slavers, when in actual, actuality, in ancient Persia, slavery was illegal, and Spartans were some of the most notorious slavers in Greece. Right. Mm-hmm. They flip-flopped it. Mm-hmm. And really, they were probably the bad guys. That's probably, yes. The point is, they took, they took somebody's false view of Xerxes and then presented that as if it were fact mm-hmm. and twisted things. And I think that's what we do sometimes when we put on Christ. That's the problem. We take a worldly definition of what it looks like to be Christ-like, and we put that on, like a mask, to cover up who we really are inside, mm-hmm. instead of letting the real Jesus transform us to be more like the real Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that takes understanding who Jesus was, what he really taught, what he really taught from, and what he really tells us to do in practice, and not allowing somebody with a worldly mindset to tell us, this is my version of Jesus, put that on like a mask. Yeah. We need to uh, we need to have a relationship with him to allow him to transform us to be like a mini Christ, and not just put a mask on based upon someone's false perception of what it looks like to be Christ like. That's what I was saying earlier about the filters and what we were taught, and who we believe, and why we believe it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, how many school kids went to school the next day, saw that movie, and thought, "No, this is correct history." Right. Right. And it happens all the time, not only in movies but books everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> books, movies, comics, theology. Well, we see it a lot. We yeah. see we see a lot that the opinions of men taint and pollute reality. And it goes back to what Bob was saying about we create idols out of these people. Mm-hmm. 
our, our American history is full of it. Mm -hmm. You can't say anything bad about George Washington or Thomas Jefferson, but if you actually know their true history, there's some not so great things in there. Yeah. Okay, the, but we don't teach those things. Yeah. Why? Because it's contrary to what we want to put out there. Yeah. Now, when I say we, I mean the world. Collectively. It's mm -hmm. contrary to popular belief. Exactly. Yeah. When y'all were talking about not knowing your Bible that well, I will admit I don't know mine that well. And after Carl just did this about the 300, well, he just ruined the movie for me, for one. Oh, I'm sorry. And then, <laughs> I should have put up a spoiler alert. <laughs> My bad. Spoiler for a 20-plus-year-old movie? Yeah. And then on top of that, that is something I just learned today. I didn't know it was backwards until Carl just said it. Mm -hmm. I watched that movie because somebody, you know, somebody told me that it was based on kind of true events. And I took their word for it instead of doing my own research on it. That, that's my point exactly. Instead of doing my own research on it. And until this moment, until Carl said anything, like I said, it just ruined the whole movie for me because he just said it was flip-flopped. So that movie went from being a decent movie to I wouldn't care if I ever saw it again. And the spiritual lesson is... Don't take what you're being taught by the people you respect for granted. Test it. Right. Don't, don't test it with malice. I'm not saying be disrespectful, but this is important enough that you should be taking it seriously enough right. to, to, to study it out on your own. Yes. I don't care if it's me saying it, your pastor saying it, your best friend well, saying it. It doesn't matter. Test everything, and if the Bible disagrees with it, with it disregard everything and that's just a like person Cole, like me is telling you. Well, it's just like what Cole says every week, you know. If you don't believe what I'm telling you, look it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's right here. Uh, uh, but I think uh, people are lazy. They, they don't want to do the work that's required to look it up. Yeah. Not all people. I'm saying some folks. Right. Right. And like the popular word these days is fact checker. Right. <laughs> well, fact check it. Yeah. yeah. Like seriously, like actually do that. <laughs> you know, like it is what it is. But like this is like you said. Well, I would have never checked it out, probably, until Carl said something. Or maybe if it came up in one of the lessons or something we were talking about, and I'd be like, no, wait a minute. That's not the way I remember being told or whatever. Because I, I will tell you, and I'll tell everybody else, if I read it, I can't understand it. it it's just one of those things. I, I, I don't have the... Comprehension. Imagination, I guess, so to say, to put myself in a book. Like, you know, people love to read because they have the imagination for it. They can see it. So it makes it real to them. All I see is words on paper. And to a point, you know, I'm all in it and I start reading, but boy, I could lose interest like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then I go looking somewhere else. And then, like, somebody could tell me something, and, like, the 300, you know, Carl's telling me it's backwards. Well, I had that all wrong for 40-some years. I just, want, I just want to clarify. I'm not a Persia defender, okay? <laughs> Persia had problems, too. I'm not right. saying they didn't. Right. I'm just saying, you know, like you said, they made the... The, uh, the portrayal's all, inaccurate. Yeah, right. that, was, that was the underlying point, is, is right. often the portrayal's inaccurate, so you need to you need to make sure you know the truth. You know, applying that to spiritual things, we need right. to make sure that we know the truth about what we're being taught about Jesus, or what we what we think we know about Jesus is a better way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Our own right. perceptions lead us astray. But, you know, TV stands for tell a vision. Uh -huh. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Whether it's true or not true. Yeah, well... Don't go look at uh, We Were Soldiers then, Ron. You won't like that either. Or Braveheart. Man, that was, yeah. that was the most depressing thing. It was. Well, yeah. for the record, I still like that movie. Yeah, I still Which watch one? it. 300. I love 300, and I like but Braveheart. It also goes to show... And I know like most of those about, movies are changed a little bit. You know, it's artistic license. Well, it's also yeah. like what you were talking about, like history, right? Yeah. Most history books were written by the winners. Mm, yeah. And they're right? All, they're all whitewashed. So, like, if you're a winner, then why do you want to tell about the big battles that you lost? Right. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about the little the little ones that really didn't matter here or there or to make us look good when we overcame this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all the right? little battles that yeah. won, but the war that was lost got, is not got, there. To make my point, you guys uh, 
When you were going to school, what, what were you taught? In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue and discovered the world was round. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yeah. Okay, every school kid sang it. You know the first year the first globe was made? Well, before that. You know, it was 1492. Oh, that year. They already knew it was round. Yeah. But yet it's propagated that he discovered the world was round. Again, we were taught at a young age. We believed what we were taught. And it goes right back to the spiritual thing. You've got to be in the Bible. Mm -hmm. He ruined it for me. I thought the world was flat. I thought that boat just fell off the edge of the. Right. It just kind of drifted out into space. Gee, thanks, Mike. Sorry, Bob. We'll have to cancel our float trip to Antarctica yeah. to yeah, test it. No point in going now. No. Straight into the raw boy right? I didn't have my space suit ready and everything. I was going to just float right on the there. You got anything silent wrong? No, I do not. All right. I'll end here with this. I was searching for. Like, ever since I listened to the episode and and Chris mentioned that, mm-hmm. l- like, it's been in the back of my mind thinking it. So I was, like, trying to do my homework, trying to prepare. I'm like, I'm going to have this really good final thought. And it was today that we're recording, and I still hadn't had even a not-so-good one. <laughs> and then my wife out of the blue sends me this so i'm going to read this it kind of has to do with what we were talking about but also not so she sent me this picture and it says you may have scars so does jesus he got his to heal yours mm, that's cool that's i like that thought i like hmm. i guess you can i'm going to say something also if somebody if somebody sees somebody and they say it's not, you're not acting Christian-like, all I can say is that to that person that they're saying it to, for me, I guess, for me, is to keep my trust in the Lord. Because this, this here says, keep your trust in the Lord. He will never disappoint. Very true. He will never disappoint. He. We disappoint all the time. Yeah. Right. Right. The Lord will never be, he will never disappoint. Mm -hmm. With that, Bob's going to pray us out because he's gotten gotten out of it a couple times the last couple episodes. (laughs) Wow. We'll do it. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. Father, we just thank you for allowing us to actually be able to talk about you, Father, and just be able to show people who you are and Father and what you're about. And Father, we know that you're there for us. We know that you are willing to accept our brokenness, Father, because we are broken. But you already knew that, and you factor all that in. Father, I just pray that we can just uh, go out this week and just just be Christ-like, Father. Just show people that we are yours. And Father, if they... If they say that we're not Christian-like, you know, just let it roll off the back because we know where our hearts are. And Father, we just thank you and praise you, and I give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Join us on our Facebook group, Broken Record Ministries. We are also on YouTube now, thanks to Carl. What's that? How how, how do you find it on YouTube? Search Broken Record Ministries in the search bar is the easiest way. So I need a millennial to show me that. Okay, yeah. got it. There's a, Go there's a bar that says search in all capital letters. All right. You just click on that, and you, you type in Broken Record Ministries. And then you click on the subscribe button, and then there it is. We are also on all different platforms of podcast devices, but if you're listening, you already know that. Um, if you want to go in long form with us or tell us the rights, the wrongs, that we did or talked about, if you fact check us and we are wrong, email us at brokenrecordministries at gmail.com. And until next time, Broken Record Ministry, catch you on the flip side.
in my secret place where I seek your face Lord that's where you find me <laughs> in my darkest hour I cry even louder Lord I give you all the glory cause you move my mountain and pour my water and carry me home in the middle of the storm and you hold me closely as I come boldly before your throne Jesus you're my reward yeah. my soul says yes to you in spirit and in truth Lord I so glad you changed me, moving all of myself till there's nothing left. Lord, I give you all the glory, cause you move my mountains and my waters. You carry me home in the come to find me when I'm blind and can't see you hold my hand even when I stray nothing can harm me in the shadow of your wings you show me things that I've never seen you move my mountain and part 